Welcome to episode 15 of A Year in a Day. I'm your host, Jamie Davis. In episode 14, I discussed how substance abuse can affect a child custody case with my law partner, Carrie Tortora. In this episode, I will be discussing tips for handling your first holiday season following a separation with my colleague and fellow family law attorney, Melissa Essek. Melissa is a board-certified family law specialist and has practiced almost exclusively in the area of family law since 2004. Melissa is also professionally trained as a mediator in all family law matters and has been certified as a family financial mediator by the North Carolina Dispute Resolution Commission. You may recall that Melissa joined us on episode 11 of the podcast to discuss the do's and don'ts of navigating a child custody case. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you for having me. So the first holiday season after a separation can evoke a variety of emotions for both parents and their children. Steeped as they are in memories and traditions, the holidays are likely to stir up feelings of fear, stress, and potentially even sadness. With this year's holiday season fast approaching, we thought it would be a good time to discuss some tips to help you prepare yourself and your children for your first holiday as a separated family. So, Melissa, first I thought we could talk about tips for ensuring that your children have a positive holiday experience post-separation. What what do you think is one of those tips? I think first recognizing that this year is going to be different. Acknowledge that your children may be concerned, may have some anxiety about it, may be worried about how the holidays are going to play out, and acknowledge that it's going to be different. But In the same regard, you can still reassure them that you can make this enjoyable. Right, because different doesn't necessarily mean bad. It just means it's not going to be the same as it was last year. That's right, and that's hard for children to understand sometimes. Change is does create anxiety. However, explaining to your children that you and your spouse or ex-spouse have discussed the plans and that, if possible, try to assure them that They are going to have time with each parent to celebrate. It may be a little different than it was the year before, but they'll still have the time to celebrate with each parent. Absolutely. I think it's so important that both parents are on the same page about what the plan is going to be. Because when they discuss that plan with the children, it's very important to present a united front. Um, I think comments like, well, since your mom insisted that she have you guys for Christmas this year, you know, things like that are not helpful to the situation. Even though that remark doesn't sound directly derogatory, as a child, it may seem to suggest that you have negative feelings about the child either spending time with the other parent or about being separated in general. And so to the extent that you can try and have your conversation to remain positive, hopeful, and really focus on, um, you know, the traditions and the children's best interests. That's always best. So let's talk about traditions. Um, I think for the first holiday, especially following a separation, it is very important to consider the traditions that the children have been accustomed to throughout the party's marriage 
and to try to maintain some similarity to those traditions if you can. Um, for example, if you always have Thanksgiving lunch with mom's family and then you have Thanksgiving dinner with dad's family, to the extent that you're able to keep doing that the first year following a separation and even thereafter, uh, that's probably a good thing for the kids if they enjoy that tradition. That's correct. Certainly don't be afraid of creating new traditions for yourself. And I think we'll talk about that in a little bit. But if there is a way to maintain the status quo for the children, especially in that first year, I think that's best. I actually am a child of divorce and you a lot of the times we see in custody orders where parents will alternate holidays. And that works really well for some parents where and families where they will spend Thanksgiving, the entire Thanksgiving period from Wednesday through Sunday with one parent and the next year alternate and spend it with the other parent. That didn't work for our family. And so you have to really look at the specifics and what's going to work for each family. It's very case-based, um, fact-based. Um, and in, in my situation, I really enjoyed having the same schedule every holiday, wherein I would spend the morning with my mom and the evening with my dad, and we created our traditions based on that. But you really have to look at you know, each family individually. And it may be that some families have to travel out of state or out of town, and that's not possible to actually share or divide the actual day, the holiday. And in that, um, if that is the case, really be cognizant and aware of the fact that this may be the time, the first time that your children are not going to spend the holiday with the other parent and recognize that might be sad for them. And it's okay to acknowledge that with them. But I would say in that, in that instance, make sure they have an opportunity either before or after the holiday to share with the parent that they're not going to be with, or even during the holiday itself, allow them to reach out either by Skype or FaceTime or some other way so that they can connect and, and talk with the, the other parent. I agree. It's important to be considerate of the other parent's contact with the children during a holiday, bearing in mind that, you know, the next year you might be the parent without the children. And if you want to be afforded that same courtesy, it's important to offer it. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be time out of your holiday time per se. Maybe you offer up a different day where the other parent can celebrate Thanksgiving or Christmas or, you know, whatever the holiday is. Um, but it's really important for the children to understand that they can be happy and they can celebrate all of the holidays with both of their parents. And, and that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. You. The last thing you want is for your children to feel guilty in having an enjoyable experience with the other, with the other, you know, parents. Um, I wouldn't even encourage sending pictures, you know, and, and really getting them, the other parent involved and, and letting them know, you know, we are having a great time and I want to send you pictures and I want to show you that we're having a great time because next year I would really like to have some pictures of my own from the children absolutely. on Christmas morning or whatever the case may be. So yes, absolutely be considerate of the other parent, but also considerate of the children and, and don't try to make them feel guilty because they are enjoying them, you know, their time away. What's the saying? Let happiness happen. Right. I think that's so appropriate for this situation. Um, if the children are 
happy spending time with the other parent, great. Yeah. And that's hard, I think. There's a lot of emotions, especially in the first year of a separation. And I know that's hard for whatever reason. Who knows why the separation happened? You know, there could be other third parties involved. There could be a lot of hard feelings towards the other parent. But to the extent that you can really leave the children out of that and really focus on what's you know best for the children, you know, I think everyone is, is much better for that. I agree. I think something else that it's important for parents to keep in mind, and we touched on this a little bit a minute ago, but don't place the burden of your emotions on your children. Um, Like you just said, you know, there may be hard feelings toward the other parent for whatever reason. Um, You know, separations unfortunately happen for a reason. And if that reason evokes negative emotions for you, don't put those on your child. Um, if you are not going to be the parent celebrating the holiday itself with the children, you know, it may be a sad time for you. This may be the first time that you've been away from your kids for a major holiday, but your kids don't need to know that you're sad. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I actually had a therapist tell one of my clients that, and it was almost like a a bell went off because she was telling the therapist, you know, I always want my kids to know that I'm going to miss them and that I want to, I wish I was with them on the holiday or I wish I was with them on the weekend custody that they're with their father. And the therapist said, that's your burden that you need to carry. And it, it may be harsh, but the children need to know that they're loved. They need you to be encouraging about their time away And they don't need to feel guilty that you're going to be home alone and sad and missing them. And so, you know, instead of saying, I'm going to miss you, the therapist recommended saying, you're going to have a wonderful time. I can't wait to hear about your trip. And I'm going to be right here waiting for you when you get back and we'll have something fun planned too. You know, try to take something that may otherwise be negative and spin it and and keep it positive for the kids. And kids are so perceptive. I mean, if they pick up on the fact that you are down and sad and you know, stressed out about this holiday without them, they're they're going to have a negative experience with that. And I think it's appropriate to say, you know, have a great time with mom or dad. Don't worry about me. I'm going to be just fine. I'm going to, you know, hang out with grandma and grandpa or whatever fun thing that you have planned for yourself. And, and we'll talk about um, some tips for how you can, you know, better your holiday experience if it's your first holiday without your kids later on in the podcast. But I think that's really important. You want your children to be able to be honest with you. And if they feel like you are not excited about their time with the other parents, they may not be honest and truthful with you. Um, I had an experience where one of the, my dad's, one of the clients that I have, who's a dad, he had taken his Um, son out for a birthday um, get together and they'd gone to dinner and he had bought some presents for him. And it got back to dad that, that the son said to mom, well, I don't know why we went to that restaurant. That's not where I wanted to go. Or I don't know why he bought me that present. That's not exactly what I wanted. And the dad told me, you know, I left this completely up to him. Of course, this was the restaurant he wanted to go to. Of course, this was the presents that he wanted picked out, but he didn't want mom to know you know, what a great time he had with dad. And so you just, you you really want to be able to share in the positivity 
with your children in the holidays. And so just keep your children's best interests in mind. Speaking of gifts, uh, what do you think about that? What should the two parents discuss in terms of gifts for the children for a particular holiday? Well, this comes up often with Christmas, as you can imagine, Um, especially when one parent is making the decisions as to what gifts they're going to be buying for their children. And you don't want to have a lot of duplicative gifts. I mean, you really, to the extent that you can communicate, and even if you say, you know, these are some things that um, our son has discussed that he wants, Do you want to try and divvy some of these things up? And you can do that in writing. You don't have to have a telephone conversation. You don't have to do it in person. You certainly don't need to do it in the presence of your child. But, you know, just send an email that just says, I've I've heard him mention these things. Would you like to take some? And I'll take some. Um, That's just one suggestion. Some some people really like to have um, to duplicate big items because they don't want the child to feel like they have to take the gift to moms and back to dads. Um, so that, that really just depends on what the item is and what's going to work best for your household. And I think it's important for families to remember that Santa can visit both houses and that's okay. Right. There can be two Christmas mornings and they don't have to look exactly the same. Um, you can explain to your children, Hey, Santa knows about all different types of families and he can visit you at mom's house. He can visit you at dad's house. And, you know, your child benefits from this. This is not to say that you should overindulge the child and, you know, go completely over the top. Um, but you can make it a positive experience at both houses. Yeah, I've never known any child that's turned down two celebrations right. or two sets of presents. And so I don't think this should be a negative experience for the children. And with most holidays, especially, um, you know, our the November, December, January holidays, that there's so many. But with these holidays, there are a lot of opportunities to do things that don't fall on the day of the holiday. For instance, you know, with Thanksgiving or Halloween, there's lots of hay rides and p- pumpkin picking and those kind of things. And um, it doesn't have to be that you celebrate the holiday on the day of. You could you know, go out and see the Nutcracker, you know, before Christmas. There's just a lot of options for you to have fun, create traditions, either old or new, and um, make this a fun experience for your children, even if you're not going to be with them on the exact holiday. Another activity that you can do with your children leading up to the holiday is, of course, shopping for gifts for other people, friends, family members. And I think it's really important while you're doing that to consider helping your child pick out a gift for his other parent. Um, It can send the wrong message if you're out buying gifts for grandma and grandpa and everybody else and your child is unable to purchase a gift for his or her other parent. Absolutely. And it's, it's not about the other parent. It's not about getting the other parent the gift. It's about the effect that it has on your child when you don't um, make that Um, available to your children. Children, just as much as adults, love to give. And I know my kids, when they, most of the time, they can't even wait to tell me what they've gotten me. But when they do, they are so excited to see me open their gift that they got and that they thought about and that, you know, that they think they worked hard for. And so let your kids have that experience, even if it's not you 
getting to give the gift, um, you know, let your children have that opportunity to do that with their other parent. And that goes for, you know, not just Christmas, but um, also, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays for the other spouse. Um, I think that's just really important for your children. And and it shows them that you care about, you may have hard feelings towards your ex-spouse or their parent, but it shows that you, you know, care about them in some regard. Right. And I think it, too, it helps show the children the, the true meaning of the holiday season. I mean, if it is about giving and, you know, goodwill and all of those other sorts of very positive emotions, um, you know, you're teaching your child that. This is a great learning opportunity. And I also think it helps show your children that, you know, it's okay to celebrate the holiday with both parents. It is okay to enjoy spending time with both of them. Absolutely. I think that's kind of the theme is the overall theme is letting them know, you know, they don't need to feel guilty. Right. So we've talked about tips for ensuring that your children have a positive holiday experience post-separation. Let's talk about some tips for making sure that, you know, parents are taking care of themselves and making sure that they also have a positive experience. That is very important and a good point that you bring up. Your your mood is setting the tone for your children. And they need, like we talked about earlier, they need to know that you're going to be fine. Um, really encourage parents to surround themselves with family and friends and other support, you know, you don't need to be sitting at home alone and and depressed and moping and just focusing on the fact that you don't have them. Try and stay busy to the extent you can and surround yourself with family and friends um, that will provide you a positive experience. And along those lines, if it's a holiday situation where maybe you don't have your kids in the morning, but you're going to get them later in the day, Maybe you spend that morning getting ready for them, you know, preparing meals, getting gifts situated, whatever it is that you're going to do to celebrate with them once they get there. Go ahead and get that stuff done. And, and you know, that's a fun way to spend the time away from them. That's that's right. Also, I've heard um, people will go out and volunteer. You know, if it's a if they're not going to have their child, let's say on Thanksgiving, they will go out and and work at, you know, the Salvation Army or somewhere where, you know, they can just give back to the community. And um, it's really bigger than yourself and reminding yourself of what the holiday is about and trying to focus on that rather than focusing on, you know, what's different about your holiday that that se- that year. I think that's a great suggestion. I actually had a colleague tell me that she was planning to help deliver meals to seniors for Thanksgiving because the seniors were also going to be alone. And so she was putting a very positive spin on the fact that she was going to be alone. She was going to actually go out and be with somebody else who was going to be by themselves as well, which I think is a, a great, fulfilling thing to do for both people. Absolutely. That is that is wonderful. Um, something else I think you can do, let's say that you don't feel like being around a lot of people. You know, that's not for everyone. Um do something that makes you feel good. Practice an act of self-care. Uh, maybe that's watch a movie, read a book, take a hot bath, whatever it is that you enjoy doing that helps relax you, you know, do that activity. Yeah, absolutely. You, you need to take care of yourself. Have a plan. Have a plan B in case plan A does not work. You know, let's say you end up at, you know, a family member's home and it's just too much. You know, there's a lot of questions 
and you feel like you're being judged or they want to know why you decided to to separate the holiday as you did, you know, you you may want to have an exit strategy and have a plan B for a backup as, you know, what you can do for the remainder of that holiday. And it's okay. It's okay to to not be ready to to make that plunge in that very first year. Absolutely. And I think conversely, if you're having a great time and you're enjoying the company you're with, maybe you're getting to see siblings or aunts and uncles that you haven't spent time with in years. You can have a good time and not feel guilty about it. That's right. You know, don't let the fact that your children aren't there prevent you from having a good time and enjoying your holiday. That's right. Absolutely. And and that kind of goes along with what we talked about, about providing a guilt-free experience for your children, but also for yourself. And I hear that often with, with parents. And, and that's true for intact parents, too. You Absolutely. know, whenever you have in, intact families, whenever you have some away time from your children, I often hear about parents talking about how guilty they feel or I should be there. It's okay for you to have time by yourself. And it actually, in my opinion, makes us better parents to have that alone time and that independence um, so that when we get back with our kids, we're refreshed and we're, we're ready to you know, be the best parents that we can be. I think another thing you can do if you are spending a holiday away from your children is to Give yourself a gift. I mean, when you're out there buying presents for everybody else, get yourself a little something. Um, You know, you don't have to buy a gift for your in-laws anymore, (laughs) so just consider that your gift to yourself. That's right. And and thinking about that also, you know, you don't have to buy that in-law gift. Kind of take the negative and and make a positive spin on it, right? And so so maybe you also don't have to listen to your ex-spouse's uncle talk about politics, you know, and... Really just look at and try and focus on your blessings and things that you can be grateful for. Maybe, you know, some people I know have gratitude journals or gratitude jars that they like to just every day or so put in, you know, just a one-line sentence about what they are thankful for. And so I, I do think the holiday season is a great time to really focus on the positive instead of the negative. And I know that's difficult when people are going through a separation or a divorce, Um But I think not only, you know, is it helpful for you as a parent, it rubs off on your children. Well, and I think, too, especially the first big holidays following a separation are tough because you may have spent lots of time with your lawyer coming up with an agreement, a schedule, or maybe you went to court and a judge decided for you what that schedule was going to be. But you really don't know how it's going to work until you have to live through it that first year. And so... If whatever the agreement is, whatever the schedule is, people do it different ways. Some folks alternate the holidays. Some folks share the actual holidays. Some people divide the winter break that coincides with the holiday. See if it works that first year. And if it doesn't work, if it has some logistical problems with it, you know, if if you can, discuss them with your child's other parent and see if you guys can come up with a better plan for the next year. That's the beauty of child custody. It's not set in stone. Even if you have a court order in North Carolina, custody schedules are modifiable until your children turn 18. And so if it's not working for you, it's probably not working for the other parent either. So try to have that conversation and fix it. Right. Absolutely. Um, How many times have you heard someone ask you, well, what's normal? Wow, you know? yeah, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> right, and so I always put that normal in quotes for all of my clients and say, there is no normal. Every family is different. Every family looks different, and we all 
and we all have different traditions and different ways of doing things. And so don't get bogged down in what your friend's doing or, you know, this other custody arrangement that you heard that someone else is doing. Really think about what works best for you and your family and let that be the focus. Absolutely. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me today. I think this has been a great conversation about surviving that first holiday following a separation. Thank you for having me. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of A Year in a Day. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at jdavis at divorcestuff.com. If you like what you heard today, please leave us a review on iTunes. As a reminder, while in my role as a lawyer, my job is to give folks legal advice. The purpose of this podcast is not to do that. This podcast is for general informational purposes only, should not be used as legal advice, and is specific to the law in North Carolina. If you have questions before you take any action, you should consult with a lawyer who is licensed in your state.